Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. Iron Sharpens Iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And really what we're trying to do here is focus on our big five, which are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And really how instead of living in compartments of those five, how can we take those four and surround them with faith at the center and doing things out of faith empower us to live excellent lives in those other four. And that's what we're doing today. I have an amazing conversation with John Rule, who is um, one of our ISI speakers. Uh, It's a father of one of our active leaders of our Columbus group. And he talks about being a husband, being a dad. He's got seven kids and 27 grandchildren. And his passion is to see others grow into who God created them to be. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast and with the ISI life in general. Uh, I want to take you back to a verse from Ecclesiastes 10.10, which says, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. And that's that's amazing. I mean, we have John who's going to share some of his stories. And he's an imperfect man who went through some challenges in his marriage, uh, challenges with uh, his children, and... He shares it open, honestly, and gives us all some great tools and some great things to think about, uh, some great scripture verses that really made a difference in his life. So um, before I get to that and share this podcast, there's a couple other things I wanted to share. Uh, One is that everything that we do is posted at the ISILife.com. It has all the show notes, so you can just listen to the episode, not worry about uh, you know, what was that verse or what was that book? It's, we're going to put it all in the show notes so you can just listen to the episode and then jump over to our website and grab all that stuff later. Uh, there's also, once you're on the website, there may be some other things that would, you might find helpful, some tools and assessments and other resources that over the four or five years that we've been doing this that we found uh, really helpful to um, the ISI community. So check that out. And really the main thing that really has been most valuable to all the people is attending a retreat. Uh, We have some retreats in Columbus, in Cleveland, uh, down in Nashville, and really that's the core. Uh, We do uh, about two per city per year, and that's where you can get away for 24 hours with other like-minded people, uh, wherever you are, um, you know, wherever you are in in any of the five Fs. Um, Just come 24 hours and, and see how God works in your life. So without further ado, let's get to this episode with John Rule. All right, we're rolling. John, it is great to be with you. I am, I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, honestly, we've taken a little hiatus from recording the podcast um, with a, kind of a gap in retreats, but your talk on family and fatherhood at the most recent Columbus retreat was extremely powerful and I'm excited to connect with you today. So thanks for being on. That's my, my privilege and I look forward to our time talking together, Nick. Oh my gosh, and I was checking up on, you know, the bio and I noticed, you know, seven, seven children and 27 grandchildren. So I think you are extremely qualified (laughs) to share some wisdom on uh, family and fatherhood. Well, if you're qualified by making the most mistakes, I guess I'm qualified. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's how we learn, right? So that's the whole goal. So give us a little background on, um, you know, your upbringing, your background, uh, you know, a little about the family and just a little bit about who you are. Okay. Um, yes, I was born in Akron, Ohio. Um, my parents were both Christians with a real heart for Jesus. Their parents were, their grandparents were. So 
I have a huge blessing as far as my heritage, just uh, godly people that really love the Lord. I think a thing that stood out for me, uh, especially from my parents, is just I was loved totally unconditionally. And I, I as you all hear, made plenty of mistakes as a, as a kid, as a husband, uh, as a father. But I was loved unconditionally growing up at uh, eight years old. Um, somebody preached at our fellowship, one of the poor preachers, I would say. That was not his gift, but God used what he says. <laughs> God used what he said that night to convict me that I was really a, a sinner, me being a savior. And that night when I got home, I uh, really asked the Lord Jesus, told him what it was, which he already knew, and said I wanted to accept his free gift of salvation. Told my mom in the morning when I came down, and she, she gave me a hug, as a mom would do, and then said, I hope you act like it. I hope I see a difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Been growing up. She's, through, like, my, she's uh, like, my plan worked. My master plan worked. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. And, uh, for me, I was uh, the only boy. I had six sisters. I was number three in the lineup. So I was the rose or the thorn among the roses, I guess, is what people mm-hmm. would look at it. Um, in uh, middle school, I really began running with the wrong crowd. And I, mm-hmm. I'm ashamed of things I did there. I got into gambling for money. I got into regular shoplifting almost every day on the way home at little grocery store, you know, one of us would distract the person and one of us would steal the hostess Twinkies. And um, uh, so I just was with the wrong, wrong crowd. Thankfully, it was, you know, quite a few year, years ago today, the wrong mm. crowd in middle school, probably drugs and alcohol or guns or something. Um, mm. Between middle school and high school, uh, at 15, I took a trip with four other guys. My mom's Canadian. Uh, I had good friends in Canada. We went out to a, kind of a tent church type thing they had out in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. I thought it'd be fun to hang out with guys for five days and, or uh, three weeks, I should say, five, five guys. Mm-hmm. And there I saw and was part of um, sharing the message of Jesus, seeing, which I had seen all my life, but doing it myself and, and seeing people come to know Jesus. It just, God flipped the switch on me. It was more exciting to see than Ohio State beating Michigan, which is, <laughs> that's pretty high for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. So, so um, from there, I went to uh, university, Kent State University, majored in math. Um, went on from there after I graduated to uh, work at a firm here in Columbus for almost 40 years with doing computer wow. science work. Uh, programming, uh, systems analysis, design, and then increasingly responsible management positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing I, I should maybe mention, it, starting in eighth grade, my dad felt I was old enough to start earning my keep, so I had to buy all my own clothes, pay for my school lunches, I had to pay for my university, so he felt that was important wow. uh, to learn those um, things if I was going to be uh, head of a home someday. Wow, in eighth grade. Yeah, starting in eighth grade. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, That's awesome. Did construction work after school and then in the summers got jobs. And, uh, yeah. Hmm. So That's then awesome. I retired in 2006. Uh, 
marriage is a different story. That was part of it. I don't want whether you want me to jump into that. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll go into that here in a second. Yeah, yeah. Next. Yeah. So, so any other questions awesome. you have on my career, kind of? Yeah. No, I mean that's that's awesome to bring us you know up to speed. Obviously, in there we got lots of kids and and a marriage and you know your talk really being on um, you know family and fatherhood. We at ISI we have the five Fs. You know, faith family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And it's really, I mean, faith is its own thing, but really it's it's more about how we put faith at the center of those other four and mm-hmm. how having a strong faith, you know, plays into our family. And, you know, within family, there's, you know, multiple buckets, obviously, of our marriage, if we're married, our relationship with our kids or, you know, our siblings and, and our other key relationships, neighbors, et cetera. So I know you have some, you know, great wisdom on, on marriage and, um, you and your, your wife, Mert, short for Myrtle, as you shared this morning. And, um, I think that's, that's a, maybe a great plus to dive in. Um, seems like it's a, you have a great, you know, an amazing marriage, but maybe it wasn't always that way. Well, that, that's for sure. I remember a quote by, uh, Gene Kronz who headed up the, uh, directed the missions for Gemini and the Apollo programs. And he says, failure's not an option. Uh, mm. and I, I have a new quote for, uh, you guys listening to this is that failure is inevitable. And mm. I, I think in, in our, in our lives, that's, that's going to be true. It certainly wasn't mine uh, and continues to be, but we can learn from those failures. Uh, my wife is Canadian. Uh, I first was, I didn't date much before I uh, dated her. I had lots of friends who were girls, but I really wasn't in the, much the dating scene, but I seen her and was attracted to her at a, at a, uh, gathering youth gathering from some different states in Canada. The only difficulty was I really liked her, but she was dating somebody else at the time. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I hung back for a couple of years, and uh, I don't want to try to pray that somebody will break up with <laughs> who they're going with. That's what I pra- <laughs> prayed. Yeah. I allowed it, and uh, then uh, I got a shot. And uh, for three years, I chased her, and uh, finally, she said. Yes, and uh, uh, we got married. Really looking forward to that. I had a countdown on my board once we were engaged. Uh, everybody at work knew my marriage coming up. Uh, I've been from an incredibly loving family, as I mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she came from a family where she never in her life ever heard her dad say, I love you. Never. Mm, to, wow. to this, uh, he's passed now, but that was never. He was a Christian. He loved God. Um, but didn't show any physical love so uh, or even verbal so she came right. from a different background different expectations going into the marriage i was excited when we got married but we both had expectations and those weren't met she moved away from home she didn't know anybody in columbus um and it, it was hard for her i've been a bachelor could do anything i wanted uh any yeah. time i wanted yeah uh, now suddenly i felt totally tied down uh, mm. she didn't tell me I, I was, but I just felt like I didn't have any freedom anymore. And I knew she mm-hmm. was lonely and, um, I was expecting a lot of good physical, uh, love. That's my love language touch. Uh, certainly wasn't hers. So, um, mm. hers was different and I didn't know what hers was. And it just, the thing started falling apart. I started thinking about another person that I've been interested in before that really knew me. Um, 
we hadn't painted, but we'd done lots together. And I just thought, man, I've made a mistake here. And mm. uh, then I began to resent it more. And uh, I thought, wow. I, hate, I hate living this way. Um, I'm just not happy. She's not really happy, although she totally loved me. And uh, began to think about divorce, whether I should leave her. Uh, and this is early, this is really early on, like within the first. It's definitely within. Yeah, it's early on. It probably started a year into it. Although a few months into it, I said to my closest friend, "I think I may have made a mistake." Wow. Heard that a couple months. Wow. Yeah, and then by a year into it, I was really resenting it. In the next two or three years, I use the term that I really it was like hell, and eighty uh, percent my fault. Um, and uh, I looked at every verse there was about divorce. She wasn't sleeping around. I, I wasn't either. Um, there wasn't any physical violence or whatever. It just, I hated the situation I, I was in. And there were no verses that excused divorce um, that, that I could find. Well, I don't believe there are any for my situation. Then I began to think about suicide. Wow. I would never have thought as a believer to get followed God. But I began to think if I just ended it all. I mm. and back then had a fast GTO convertible. I thought if I run it into one of these abutments on the highway and it looks like an accident, um, it would still be over. I'm going to heaven and uh, I just don't want to live this way anymore. So that entered into it. And uh, so it was the worst or take my life or um, try to follow God. And I got to a point where I, I didn't know what to do. I said, I've got to make a decision. I can't live like this anymore. This was four years, three, three years into the marriage. And on a business trip to Atlanta, I said, God, I, I've got to decide. I can't go on this way. And I battled mm-hmm. all night. A verse that uh, a friend of mine had uh, talked about, it, it just earlier, um, a few months earlier, he'd given a talk, and it was in Acts where Paul was going to be shipwrecked, and God had told them, you know, we're going to deliver you. I, and he said, I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly as I've been told. That's the verse he talked about. Hmm. I kept pounding that verse in my head, and I finally, at the end of that night, said, God, with your help, I'm going to go back. Tell her I love her, which I don't. I didn't feel like it. I told my dad, mm-hmm. I don't feel like saying something. I don't feel like being a hypocrite. Uh, I'm not going to say I love you when I don't. And he said, you're not being a hypocrite. You have God within you. You put your trust in him. You can say it because the Holy Spirit is within you. And you're not being a hypocrite. <laughs> so I went home and told her, I told God, with your help, I'm going to seek to do this the rest of my life. Um even if nothing happens. And so that was a start of a new journey. But what it made me realize <laughs> is I've wondered, you know, if you don't have a destination or you don't know where you're going, any road will, will do. It's a quote I mm-hmm. heard from somebody. And I didn't have any goals, objectives to the marriage. I just wanted to have a good marriage, but you can't get there if you don't have a path. So that's what made me decide to sit down and try to make some objectives for my marriage and seek with God's help to try to turn it around. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, whew, I mean, 
I don't think you're alone. And, you know, especially that adjustment phase, right? That first, you know, going from bachelor life to being married and, you know, feeling a different sense of responsibility and just, it's a big adjustment to go from, you know, where you were to that. And, um, I appreciate you sharing. I, I think that's encouraging to a lot of people to, to know that that's, you know, that's common, that happens. And, um, when you, you know, you ask for God's help, he will provide what, um, I'm curious about your, like during that phase where you're down in Atlanta and those first couple of years of marriage, talk about your faith life during that point. Where is it, you know, was it strong? Was it growing? Was it shrinking? Um, just kind of curious what was happening in the peripheral, but at that point. No, excellent question. And that's what surprised me. I, I still really love God. I helped in our Sunday school in working with kids. I would sometimes, you know, preach the message at the front of our church, a gospel message, which we had every Sunday night. I regularly went to the church Tuesday and Thursdays on Bible study night and prayer meeting night. Mm-hmm. I went twice on Sundays. So it just totally shocked me that here's somebody that I really did love the Lord. I, did I, I was struggling obviously with my faith and is he really got, I, not with whether he's God, but whether I, I guess I could trust his plan. I, I really mm-hmm. felt God in, in my situation. I think it'd be a lot better to start over, start over with somebody who loves the Lord, marry somebody differently. My wife loved me enough. She'd said, if you want to leave and that's going to make you happy, you can leave. Huh. That wouldn't have made me happier, but she, she honestly, I think loved me enough that she's willing to give me, let go. Uh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, what I say, it was growing. I guess it was going through some fire of my own making. Wow. And so you came home from that that trip in Atlanta. And, uh, I'm guessing, you know, had some had that conversation. Talk, talk to me about that. And from that point, you know, what happened from there on forward? Well, from, from that from that point, I really did sit down and I made some goals back then. <laughs> we didn't have our cell phones and all these yeah. things you could carry around. So we had day timers where you, you know, put your schedule it slipped in your pocket and you could put all your appointments into whatever. And uh, yeah. I'd actually gone to a, a work class, a business class on setting objectives for your goal for your business life, as well as your personal life. And that's really what made me sit down and set some goals, which I put in my day timer. And I came across mm-hmm. this day timer uh, in, in some of my <laughs> stuff uh, just before the ISI oh meeting, still had all these oh, objectives no written down. Uh, and I could share some of those objectives if you wanted. That, that Absolutely. Was, no, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I decided that, uh, one, I wanted to call her at least once a day from work. She needed to know that her husband wasn't so busy once he got out the door that he wasn't thinking of her. So I called her for uh, work at least once a day. Uh, I wanted to compliment her at least once a day. Every night I made a commitment, which I think I've kept up till now, to tell her I love her every night before going to sleep. You know, sometimes wow. I came to bed late, so she might have been asleep when I told her, but I still yeah. whispered <laughs> in her ear. Um, I wanted to, if we ever had kids, I felt it was important to love my wife as a priority in front of my kids so they, they could mm. see that. Um, I also set a goal uh, back then to read a book once every uh, six months with work together. Um, hmm. I've, I've not done that well. Uh, and 
we don't do that now, but it was something, and we did read some books together, some that were pretty important. One of them is one of my favorite books called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. But that mm-hmm. really helped me understand her and myself in a way I never, I've been loving her the wrong way. You know, what right. I was doing to say I love you wasn't that, <laughs> didn't mean that I could put notes in the fridge and say, hey, it's cold in here, but I got the hots for you today. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I could leave flowers and by the time I got home, she might have given them to somebody who needed flowers. <laughs> you know, I even put yeah. a thing down. Hey, did you get the flowers I left for you? Because that wasn't her love language. It, it was mm. okay. I, but hers was acts of service. And I should have mm, known okay. her. She's always serving others. It was much better for me to get up and make the coffee for her or something than it was to leave roses. And, uh, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know that. And I learned mm. that. So. Oh, good job. <laughs> better to figure it out. It's a, yeah, it's a great book. Um, it's been mentioned, you know, uh, a couple of times on, you know, especially when we're talking about love languages for um, our spouses or even for our kids. There's, a, I think, a separate one that's uh, for our children, too, and learning mm-hmm. their unique uh, love languages. So that's awesome. So you started just doing these things, you know, calling her once a week, right. you know, once a day from work, um, telling her you love her, reading a book with her. And, I mean, the awesome thing is, I mean, um, I'm guessing it wasn't all just, you know, uh, rosy every single day from there, but you guys obviously no. turned the corner and, and stuck with it. And here we are. Uh, how many years later at this point? Um, well, we'll hit 50 years uh, married this September. So we're <clears throat> looking oh. forward forward to that. Um, we've got a trip That's planned awesome. next month uh, with all 43 of us, all my kids, all their spouses, all the 27 grandkids. And we've rented a place down on the Gulf in Alabama to spend a week together. And the bets oh, are who's going <laughs> to, who's going to leave by the second day. Cause they've had enough. Yeah. Oh my but, gosh. But anyway. Yeah. We'll hit 50 years. That'll be awesome. Well, I mean, just, you know, sharing that struggle of your, you know, your early days and, you know, choosing, you know, your wife Mert, over your feelings and really just relying on God's strength. I mean, what a testimony. Oh, thank you. You know, thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. And I wouldn't have done it without God's help. It was only him that got me to do it. So it wasn't, hey, John's great, or he's got this persistence. I have a God who thankfully doesn't give up on us. And uh, yeah, when we mess up, he's still there. Yeah, absolutely. And we all will, right? And we're all yep. going to, like you said, uh, fail it fail, You said failure is inevitable. <laughs> yeah. It is inevitable for sure. All right. So we fast forward, uh, at some points you're in the, you're married and then some, uh, some babies start showing up on the scene, right? We did. Yeah. Uh, we had seven of them show up in nine and a half years. So, uh, we don't have, <laughs> we don't have, st- we don't have stair steps. We have a ramp, <laughs> but before babies showed up, one of the things I was terrified of having kids, uh, hmm. if they, might go to hell and not accept mm-hmm. Jesus. And the thought of bringing a child into the world, loving them wow. and trying to love them unconditionally and have them end up in hell. I just, I was afraid. And I really think God gave me the verse in Acts 16, 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the story of the Philippian jailer in Acts, you know, where he's in prison. And uh, Anyway, God 
creates mm-hmm. an area called an earthquake. And the, the jailer says to him, what should I do to be saved? He said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved, you and your household. And uh, mm. I, I claimed that as a promise uh, for me uh, and my wife. We claimed it as a promise that God would do it, not because they're going to we're going to tell them about the Lord will be baptized. We just said, we're going to take that verse and that's take it as a promise to us. And that gave me at least the freedom in my heart to then having children. Hmm. That's uh. it seems like the book of acts has been really meaningful. You've mentioned it twice now. Uh-huh. Um, is it one of your, is it one of your more favorite, you know, or relied upon books in the Bible? Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's favorite. There's, you know, lots of them, so lots of them are good, but there's just so many different verses in different places. But that was a yeah. certainly a favorite. And the goal for yeah. for my wife and I with the kids was a, really a quote of Jim Elliott's where mm-hmm. he, he talks about what's a quiver for. And he says, it, it's full of arrows and what are arrows for but to shoot. So with the strong arms of prayer, draw the boasting back and let the arrows fly all of them straight at the enemy's house. And our desire was that he would give us those kids and us to raise them so they could in love go out to reach a lost world. Yeah. And there are certainly, I mean, I don't know all your children, but the one I do know, uh, he's definitely doing that. And, um, that's awesome to see that, that quote and that faith from the verse in Acts 16 to, to really be, you know, it's living out, you know, I'm, I'm witnessing it firsthand, uh, which is so, so cool to see. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And if I could take a minute to share the story, his birth. Yes. Um, we'd had a preemie. Our fifth child was a preemie born in the second trimester, not expected to live. Um, there's mm. a whole bunch of miracles created related to that. And he did live. And my wife did not end the pregnancies with that. Point. It was a pretty traumatic time. So we wanted to have a sixth. And we did. After that, we... Uh, using our wisdom and uh, the right ways not to have a child because we didn't want it anymore. Ended up finding we were pregnant again with Chris and uh, my youngest <laughs> son. I was angry at God. I was, mm. I resented it. I knew the verse, all things work together for good, but I didn't want this. Um, and so I could quote the verse has been my heart. I just, we've got six kids already. We are running like crazy hard to keep up with what we have and i was i was really angry at the first three months in spite of all the things where mm-hmm. god had shown me loved me and mm-hmm. uh we ended up three months into it we went to a thing down in cincinnati i think it was focused on the family uh, james dodson and there was a group steve and Andy chapman and they had you know really talked about um children and being a gift from God and whatever that was kind of turned out to be the theme of this convention we went to. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but it was that. And I can remember God used that to touch my heart. I came out of there, turned to my wife and said, I'm really happy you're pregnant. I'm really glad. And Chris, my other kids too, but Chris has been a joy to our heart. But it was another thing God used to strengthen my faith. His way is perfect. We don't know the end from the beginning, but he does. He knows what we drive. It's, we're the ones that don't. So hmm. not another step wow. of faith for me. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it amazing? In spite of my your, Yeah. 
yeah, you came in with resentment or, you know, some bitterness. <laughs> we're already, we're already full. We got, we got six of these things running around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just to switch your mindset to, you know, being thankful and being seen as a gift. Um, I mean, I mean, God can do that. So, I mean, I think after that retreat and being able to kind of shift your perspective on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and then here, you know, if it wasn't for Chris, I, you and I wouldn't be talking today. Right, right. So, and, yeah. and get to share this story and, you know, share your wisdom of, you know, your life and marriage and raising kids with, with others. Cause no doubt, um, you know, there's people listening to this podcast that are going to go through this or that are in it right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's awesome. Cool. So you did some awesome stuff with, with the kids. Um, I mean, and I would love for you to expand upon, you know, some of the things that you, it seems like you and Mert were very intentional about um, a lot of things along the way with, you know, from the early years, um, you know, then on into some, some trips that you guys did. Uh, I'd love for you to kind of walk us down that and, and offer up some lessons for, uh, for those of us a couple of years behind you. Sure. No, to me, vacations are a lot of my memories as a child came from vacations mm-hmm. we spent. So we wanted to spend time with our kids on vacation. So we made that a priority um, with each of the kids before they started grade school. I would take take them out on a on a trip, put the guys or the girls, um, just a camping trip with dad. And it might be locally, it was locally, a lot of them to uh, some, a park near here and uh, spend time with them. Uh, so that was a time with dad and see that dad could actually fry an egg over a fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do something, but it was a, a building time. We also, as the boys reached middle school, school age, uh, we would take a three day, two or three day camping trip and spend some time. And I would, you know, talk and try to build relationships as well as talk about sex and, uh, some of the things there before they, now they have to do it earlier, but before they hit middle school. And uh, mm. so we spent time doing that. We took vacations together. That was a priority to us to spend time together. Um, we took, uh, as, as they got older, we took longer trips and would often include their friends. So we'd go on a ski trip and each of them would take a friend. And so we'd have 14 kids instead of seven and <laughs> rent rent a couple of condos at this ski slope and, uh, uh, do things together. And, uh, that's cool for me. Uh, that was a priority. I did set intentional goals for the, for me with the kids, my wife and I want to want to teach them to love nature because even if you get frustrated with everything else, if you see nature and how awesome it is, it can help, mm-hmm. you know, show you who God is. I wanted them to mm-hmm. really love, love the Lord and Jesus as Lord to be, you know, a priority to them. It was our prayer that God would answer our prayer and they would each come to know him. I'm grateful he did. He won that. We would pray daily with with the kids, uh, which I didn't find easy to do because uh, hmm. I'm not a teacher. But I tried to get books that, you know, maybe had simple Bible Walk studies for kids. And, yeah. uh, uh, so anyway, that, but that... I kind of wandered off from what you said about a vacation. I, I did, when Chris was a, uh, a baby, I, my cousin asked me to go to Africa with him. And uh, <laughs> everybody's saying, why would you go to Africa? 
when you got seven kids, you're leaving your wife stranded with at home, and the youngest is just born. But God really impressed in my heart. He wanted me to take this trip, and I've done hmm. a mission trip before. Uh, so it, God worked in amazing ways to open that that door uh, where it had gotten down. I I'd applied for my visa, couldn't get it uh, because the U.S. had, had bombed Gaddafi over in, in Africa. And so they were very negative on American citizens. And I said to my, I'd applied plenty of time, but hadn't come through. And I said to my cousin, what are you going to do if it doesn't come through? And he said, oh, I have confidence God wants us to go. So I don't have any backup plan. And I wow. called the embassy every day and they said, it eh, has gone through. We've never seen one go through in less than, less than uh, uh, three weeks. And this was now three days ahead. And then I get a call the next day and they said, well, they just started on it, but we've hmm. never seen it. But two days later, I get a call. It just came through. Federal Express it wow. to you overnight, came at 10 in the morning. And I left at one o'clock for my trip to Africa. But again, it was God <laughs> showing what he could. But the kids, the kids saw how God acted in faith, too, and it, you know, I was able to take several of my kids to Africa with me later. I've been over a dozen times, and uh, mm. it's just something that built our faith and how God could work things out. Um, wow. What uh, what kind of what work did you do there? Was it a, a mission-type trip? Yes. Yeah, the, we worked with uh, 23 um, tribes or villages in uh, Malawi. Well, I took trips to Nigeria, uh, Ghana, in Malawi, the last nine have been to Malawi, but uh, what well, we do have work there, we've built some schools. Uh, we uh, help sponsor a feeding program for uh, 700 kids in two different areas. That's for 80% of them. That's the only meal they have uh, during several months of the year. The one meal that we provide at the school in the morning in the preschool. Uh, so we helped in sharing the gospel, uh, speaking in prisons, uh, and just working with the kids and just people come to know the Lord, um, helping, mm. help, helping them grow. But it's totally run by Malawians. We're just there as support. But uh, my cousin lived there for a couple of years, and this is a follow-up to him actually living in Africa. Mm. Have, the, have all seven kids have a chance to, to be there? No, at some no, point in time, no. just just three of the kids. Uh, three of them. My two daughters and one of my sons. And one, mm -hmm. one of my sons went back for a few months. The others have not had a chance, but hopefully, and we don't don't have time. Unfortunately, I see that we're out, and I haven't covered. I've wandered in too much, but uh, there's lots of things that I think built their love uh, for those who are less privileged, and they've. We have done lots of work yeah. for the last 40 years in the inner cities here in, in Columbus, and they've been heavily involved mm -hmm. in that. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, you don't have to look too super far. I mean, you know, I've had the fortune to, to be on a couple mission trips. Um, you know, one notable one was with my, with my dad to uh, Guatemala, and it was an awesome experience. And it really opened my perspective to the world, you know, mm -hmm. when I was early 20s or so. But um you know, but yeah, I mean, just look next door. Um, there's, you don't need to wander very far to, to find people you can help. Right. And, for sure. Uh, 
like we all know, we go to serve and we end up being served. It's kind of seems like what happens. So if we, you know, it comes to kids, um, you have so much experience, so much wisdom in here and I'll, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to post some of these, uh, notes, show notes to, um, the podcast page that has some of these goals that you did with, with the kids. But I guess sure. for those listening, um, if you, if we get it all wrong, <laughs> what, what, and we get one thing, right, you know, one thing, right. Or maybe, you know, two things, right. What are the main two things as, uh, fathers that we got to get right with the kids? Well, one, I'd, I'd certainly say that God is, has to be the foundation for everything. Um, and, you know, when you don't have answers, and the word does, I was just reading my thing this morning in Second Peter, that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything our kids need is in the word. And when my kids and I went back and asked all seven of them, what mistakes did I made and what would you, the things that you felt I did right and helped. And mm-hmm. a lot of them came back to, you know, I remember when I got up in the morning, go do my paper out, seeing you in prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew you were praying for us. You're reading the word and you brought the word into our lives and the importance of supporting and showing how the decisions you make as a parent are supported from what you've read in the words, not just, something you'd kind of like to do, but there's Mm -hmm. a background there. So I'd say that would be key to the kids, uh, foundation in scripture. I think a key is to love them. Let your kids know that it's not a merit-based love you have for them. It is, it's unconditional. I remember one of my kids calling from college. They thought maybe they were going to get booted out. And uh, for something they've done, they, um, and I said, before you tell me anything, you know, I want you to know whether you're on drugs, whether you're pregnant, whatever you're going to tell me, I still love you. It hasn't changed. And I want you to know that before you tell me whatever you're going to tell me. And uh, I think our kids need to know. And with, so with God's help, we can do that. But it's, it's, it's really key. And if we had time to get my failures, I've... I've failed so many times on that but at least i trust i was able to admit that to my kids when i did yeah wow well what a blessing i mean this whole talk on family and fatherhood um it's got me fired up and i know it'll be extremely helpful to to many uh, you know listening and um i appreciate you sharing it today on the podcast and you know and, and speaking at the most recent retreat um you know we've been really fortunate to to we've had some you know great like professional speakers but that's that's been few and far between most of it has been you know re- real people living you know normal lives but um going through real life and being able to share that wisdom um with others and that's i mean that's exactly what iron sharpens iron is all about so i appreciate you you know sharing those stories and just as we you know kind of go to the rapid fire round or as we close things down here um just a few questions um you know for you yeah, it's related to family and fatherhood, but for you, what, what, John, what brings you the most joy? Oh, um, to see my children have a heart for God, uh, based on, uh, third John, the fourth verse, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. And it's not mm. just about having it in your head. Um, Chris, my son, the youngest that, you know, <laughs> he's a smart mm-hmm. kid. Uh, 
Uh, so are all our kids. I'm not just saying, but anyway, uh, they take after their mom. But our prayer was that God will capture their heart. If you're just smart and know what the scripture is about, somebody's going to come along smarter than you and can out talk you or out convince you. But if God grabs your heart, that's why I said I want my grandkids and kids to have a heart for Jesus. That that brings me the greatest joy. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Um, when it comes to, you know, books, uh, is there, you know, have a top, you know, one or two books that you really recommend that we check out or, or maybe one that you're reading now that means something to you? Um, yeah. Five love languages, which I did mention, I think it can help. Mm -hmm. It helped me understand both, not only my wife, but understand my kids. They're all wired differently. Uh, so that was important. Sacred Marriage is another one I highly recommend. I'm actually just rereading it again. It's, it's by uh, Gary Thomas. But what if the purpose of marriage isn't to bring you, you know, more joy, but to help you uh, become closer to God? So I think that, that's awesome. Actually, on the book, it says, what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? And it just has a new perspective. Rereading it out and reminded, hey, 75 in yeah. the fourth quarter, and that's where a game is won or lost. I still got some yeah. things to learn here. Well, to make you holy over making you happy. I mean, right. I feel like that relates back to your story you were sharing when you're you know, early on in marriage. It's yeah. like spot on for what you experienced firsthand. Um, what about life verse? Do you have a, what do you have tattooed on your, uh, on your neck as far as your life, life verse? Well, some, some of my kids have the tattoos. <laughs> I haven't got mine yet. Uh, but if I did, <laughs> Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, uh, I love that verse. And it's so true to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or think, according to the power mm -hmm. that works in us unto him be glory. And that's, that's my desire. He certainly has proved that, that uh, in spite of my failures, uh, you know, he can do abundantly above anything I ask or think. And he has. He has. He truly has. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Well, it's not too late to get the tattoo if you, if you still want it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a few of my kids. Maybe we should don't. start offering that as a service at the retreats. Uh, at, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> End yeah. of day two. How, uh, what's your life verse? And then we'll just, we'll ink you up right there yeah. on the spot. No, that's awesome. I appreciate you, um, just sharing, being vulnerable, uh, sharing the real stuff. And I think it'll be, and I hope it's, um, pray that it's, it's helpful to, uh, you know, someone down the line and certainly helpful to me today. So I appreciate that well, and appreciate you, you know, being an ISI guy and, and, and helping us out. Well, I, I appreciate the privilege. I hope something you've said may, be able to help dads out there and uh yeah absolutely well would would you be um, open to closing us in prayer sure sure father we just thank you for your incredible love to us um we thank you for all that all that you have done uh in proving your love and giving your son to die for me knowing all about my failures long before i came and that you still love me Pray for these dads out here, Lord, that uh, are raising kids and just know that everything they do, you know, kids are going to notice it's going to impact them. And uh, maybe just really rely on you. And when they get down, uh, 
recognize, you know, you can make beauty out of ashes. We're discouraged. You can show us the way when we need help. Uh, you're, you're always there, instantly there to, to help, even though the answers may not come instantly. And we just thank you for your faithfulness. We just celebrate, too, for those of us of wives that are partners. We are so grateful for the support they have. I couldn't have done it without my wife. Uh, all these things, she's shown the love, and I just pray that for my brothers out there, they would have that support. But for those that don't, uh, I just know that you can fill and be the one that can help them through it. So I just commit them to you. I pray that today you might have been honored in what we said. And uh, we just want to give you the glory and say we love you. And then we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Man, I got a ton out of this conversation, and I really feel like this is going to be helpful to people. Um, you know, really just starting off with his quote that failure um, is inevitable. Um, the quote from Apollo, failure is not an option, but actually it is inevitable. We're all going to fail. We all have failed. Um, unfortunately, that's how we learn the most. And, you know, one of the great things about ISI is we can learn from others' failures. And it doesn't mean we're not going to make them on our, on our own, but at least we might be able to uh, sidestep a thing or two along the way. Uh, what really stood out to me from this uh, conversation was his early years of marriage um, and how God transformed his head and his heart, um, returning from that Atlanta business trip and really just praying and knew that he couldn't do it alone. And what he did is he, even though he, um, you know, he felt one way, he took actions that were the opposite. He started doing intentional things to tell Mert that he loved her, to say goodnight, to call her from work, to, you know, spend time at lunch with her, to do, he was intentional about it. And um, the power of prayer and, and not doing it alone really just changed his whole marriage. And here we're coming up on almost celebrating 50 years, seven kids and 27 grandchildren later. So instead of quitting, uh, he harnessed the power of God and it, it transformed him, which is just so amazing uh, and encouraging to see. And then, you know, he moved on to talking about uh, the five love languages. I know we've talked about that. That's come up on many podcasts, but really knowing because um, we tend to do the wrong things and speak the wrong language to people. Uh, we tend to speak our language. What we want is what we end up doing. And it's not really what um, maybe our spouse or even our kids or our loved ones, what they want. So how can we shift gears and, and you know, speak their language? It's an easy book. It's a fun read. Um, it's one of those ones that he mentioned you, know, you might find benefit in reading with your spouse. Um, but yeah, that's a great book. And then uh, the last kind of switching towards kids. Um, he had this little short list. Uh, and there's a lot more that actually we're going to put up on the show notes regarding marriage and kids. But he had this little list of things for his kids that um, that he'd want them to love nature, to love God, to read and pray and sing daily, and to learn how to support their decisions from the Bible. Um, that's awesome. It was a, such a simple list, um, but not so commonly practiced. So great job to John. Um, it's, it's just a blessing to be with these guys and to you know get this wisdom and you know share it with others. So thank you for listening in. I hope this podcast and this conversation was a blessing to you in some way. Uh, I would encourage you to, um, if you know somebody who is in a stage or might find benefit from something John talked about, uh, I'd encourage you to pass this along. Um, one of the things that we found really meaningful with ISI is inviting others, you know, inviting them to a retreat. But um, that may be that might be a further step down the road. An easy one might be just, hey, um, check out this podcast with this guy. And it might, might be something that John says that, that works in their heart. Um, and uh, so let it go to work. So thanks for listening in. Um, 
stay sharp and God bless. <laughs>